Sometimes in life, you find yourself on the right side of the line. We got a trio of threes talking about a four. <laughs> Just because it's called a stereotype doesn't make it a lie. <laughs> you can put that on my greatness statue, that okay. quote right there. Live from Texas, this is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. <laughs> has four thumbs and hates people these guys it's the dryline farmer podcast yes that's right ashton we need to get ashton back on the podcast we haven't had her in a while but this is the dryline farmer podcast and we have four thumbs tonight but two of those thumbs are different and they're actually in a different time zone a different state and in a different stage of drought we've got casey seymour from the moving iron podcast casey's been a long time it's been what how long you been on here two weeks three weeks ago What's been going on? I know you gave like a, a commencement address this evening. What were you doing in Scott's yeah. Bluff? First time, long time, Brent. Thank you for taking my call. Um, <laughs> Great <yeah>. show <laughs> as always, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> now I just uh, had one of those meetings where I just kind of get a bunch of <clears throat> trying to get a bunch of uh, stuff put together that was um, just guys looking to buy stuff, and, and I'm here to sell them. So things are things are plugging along. So, uh, spoken like a true salesman. Spoken like a true salesman. What's been going on on the Moving Iron podcast lately? Man, I'll tell you what. We've got all kinds of crazy things happening now. With, you know, Aaron Fiddle and I have been uh, been working together on the podcast for a long time, and and uh, so we've, we've been doing some stuff there. We've had a lot of conversations of late of what's happening with the marketplace and and uh, where we see things headed. So, you know, there's a, a lot of uh, good information out there about. Uh, commodity prices right now, so it's a big plus. So, um, but there's also some some areas of uh, concern. You know, we start looking at at what's going to get traded in. So there's a there's a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. And you know, I, you know, we got February is going to be a, a big month for us. We're going to relaunch the podcast in a different format. So looking forward to that. And, and uh, a few a few other guests looking forward. Now, tell me a little bit about this, Aaron. Now, I've met Aaron Fentel on, and I called him Aaron Fentanyl that one time we did that episode. Now, tell me about this guy. Now, I, just that one time I was on an episode with him, he was pretty trippy. Yeah, Aaron is a, he is a trip for sure. Um, Aaron is the, uh, he's the guy they got, they, that that's doing what he loves every day. He's a, an equipment guy that uh, really loves equipment. He's basically an encyclopedia from about 1964. So when, if you're looking at a piece of equipment, uh, he can tell you everything there is to know about it. And to be honest with you, I don't know that you can probably stump him on much. So he uh, he totally gets what, he, what he's doing, and he's uh, he is uh, he's a character on top of all that too. So yeah, he's a, he's a lot of fun. So he's he's that guy that knows like all the model numbers and when they had like split serial numbers in 1998. Yeah, yeah. That- he's like if uh, if Rain Man was about. <laughs> He'd be that guy. You know, he'd be he'd be, he'd be uh, Dustin Hoffman's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely seventy-one forty. Definitely, definitely, so, uh, definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah, that one. See now, there, uh, nineteen ninety-four. They went with the newer cup holders. 
1992 models didn't have the separate cup holders. They just had the tray. Yeah, it was definitely sure, a good... Sure your feet's on the floor. Sure your feet's well we're recording this episode on the wednesday night would you say this was the um was this the paul revere night of 2021 or was this the uh, lexington and concord uh battles of 2021 because shit got real this afternoon in our nation's capital and um i've asked a couple of friends if I actually saw them in that in that face paint and the uh, dude from Saw that had the 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 uh, hog, you know, had the hog head, and right. turns out yeah. he was just a professional because he was also at a Black Lives Matter. Uh, yeah. I was about to say a Black Lives Matter concert, but a uh, uh, protest. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it, this the stuff that happened today is, uh, you know, it's sad that that it happened the way that it did. Um, how much of it do you think were infiltrators? Uh, probably close to 100%. <laughs> close to 100%. Well, don't yeah. go out on a limb there, Casey, because, you know, we don't want you to... Well, I mean, it's just one of those things, if you take a look at what, how, how this, you yeah. know, Trump rallies and all the stuff with the Antifa things and the Black Lives Matter deal and all this stuff, of all the things to jump in the middle of and, and go, I mean... I'm shocked that only two people got shot today. Yeah. Know, I mean, what, what happened? If it was, if it was any other aspect of that, I, I can't fathom that. You know, you think if that they would have had an issue with what's going on in changing America and yada yada yada, that 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 Portland would be a, a battleground state in, in the little the literal term of the word. You know, I mean, it would Portland's just be, a city. <laughs> it'd be yeah, I'm kidding, right? I mean, it's just one of those things where. I just have a hard time believing that a, comp- a group of folks that are supposed to support, you know, the rule of law and the police and yada, 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 then all of a sudden they're going to go do this kind of thing. So, I mean, there's been lots of reports out there that lots of different people are, are, uh, been identified as other like the Black Lives Matter guy that you were talking about earlier. I mean, there's plenty of those reports out there. Who knows what it, if any of it is, what it, what comes from any of it, but I just, uh, a bunch of white middle-aged people that show up to a, a rally in, in Washington D.C. I'm pretty sure they weren't like it's still so, 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 like my dad. It's not going to go storm the the the, the House of Representatives. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something that's going to happen. You know what I mean? So but I just I don't know. I just have, have trouble believing a lot of it. So. so I always like to talk about my internship I did up there in uh, D.C. back in 2002, which was obviously just a few months after 9/11. And the fact that these people could get even in the front door, let alone down three hallways, through Statuary Hall, up the stairs, and then back down to the cloakroom and through the doors is beyond my imagination because that level of security was like, um, you know, trying to get a peephole when you're 15 screwed into the uh, <laughs> girl's right. locker room. Exactly. It was that type of a fortress that you could, yeah. you had to go through to get to it. And the fact that, you know, I saw one deal said the cops let him through. I don't believe that for a second. And the people that got, I mean, it's going to be obviously sad that somebody died from this thing. This uh, lady exactly. got shot and died, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what, 
actual details come out of this thing over the next several days because you know stuff's going to come down. I was uh, look. I'm looking at my trending um, column here, and resign is tied for ninth. And each resign has says it has five hundred and twelve thousand tweets. But yet yesterday there was something that says death to America was like number two, and it had twenty one hundred tweets. So I just don't. Yeah. I don't get their uh, that. Rain Man counting style that they have because those there's not 500 toothpicks in that box. Right. So coming back to your point about security and stuff like that, when there when there is a a document in the Constitution, you know, the Constitution says this is how the media government's going to work, and then there's people that they put in place to defend that. Um, you know, it's a sad day. It's just a sad day for America. I mean. I'm, whether I don't care what side of the, of the aisle you're on or what your political beliefs are, whether you believe that the, the election was stolen or not or whatever, doesn't, that doesn't matter. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that happens in Nigeria. Right? This is the kind of stuff that happens in Central America. These are the kind of things that happen in, in all these different places, and and it's just it's just a sad day. You know, I mean, um, um, see. That's where I have to diverge because in all of those countries you listed, people, lots of people would have died. But above all of that, they would have had those um, fancy caps that Fidel Castro wore back in 1963. Sure. And berets. I didn't, yeah. the berets, the fancy yeah. green berets. And I didn't see any of that, to be honest with you, Case. No. No. <laughs> so this, this was, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just a, a, a bad day. But, you know, and I probably got more political on Twitter today than I have in a long time because I've just forced myself not to, you know, try to go down that road because it's a losing battle. I heard somebody, oh, it was that Chris Prather today. I just heard a clip. He said, he's like, you know, when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be talking about how many Twitter arguments you won. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that really struck a chord with me. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But I, I learned, I've, I've learned that. Just don't, because you're never going to change their mind. They're not going to change your mind, and everybody's going to think you and that other person are assholes, and yeah. that's just really what it amounts to. And at the end of the day, it's not like you're at a bar somewhere yelling and screaming at somebody, and then it escalates enough that you're going to go to blows, right? Yeah. There's some jackass on the other side of some keyboard someplace that has zero accountability to what he has to say or she has to say, and mm -hmm. the next thing you know, it's... It's just, it's, yeah. yeah, you're an, you become an ass. Yeah, you get everybody's bail in there with you, and, and they got their buddies that bail in there with you. Next thing you know, you wasted a bunch of your life. So, ba so ba basically, you've got a uh, likes to fight guy turns into a keyboard warrior. That's basically exactly it's right. basically a likes to fight guy for people that are or dudes that are 110 pounds. Right, the likes to fight guy does. Doesn't get on Twitter and run his mouth. It's the guy that gets you people into fights. That's the guy who goes and runs his mouth. That's on, yeah. On Twitter. Uh -huh. yeah. But on Twitter, yeah, he's the guy sitting in the back that's that's uh, running his mouth and then his buddy's trying to like, all right, man, come on, get my guy, get my friend over here. He's just the next thing you know, fall. Yeah, there's it goes nuclear and the bench is clear and you know every, the cops get called and all that good stuff. So it's wonderful, but. uh yeah, I don't know. It's you know I understand. I mean, you know, as bad as that looked today, I, I put on Twitter. I'm like, if the election was really rigged, and I mean, all the things point. I mean, everybody said there's been no evidence oh, yeah. of, of, of of 
malpractice or shady stuff. There are so many different stuff. I mean, the thing in Georgia with the surveillance videos of the Democrats going back in there and pulling suitcases out from underneath the tables and counting votes. I mean, do you believe me or your own lying eyes? I mean, well, yeah, this, a lot of the statistical anomalies too. I mean, how do you get 500,000 votes or 400,000 votes or 300,000 votes all yeah. come in for one person? And then, yeah. And then there was a deal up in, um, I think it was Michigan. It was like some local races. And there were more votes that came in that came in than there were people in the county or the city or whatever it was. Yeah, there was yeah, like six hundred votes for five hundred people, kind of thing. Right. And, and the sad thing about today too was they're, they're certifying the votes and they're you know these senators and stuff they stand up and house people stand up and some of them were you know, saying hey I, I'm going to go ahead and put my vote in that, that I feel like there's some shenanigans taking place over here, so we need to go further investigate these kind of things. Yeah, places like Wisconsin, you have places like even Pennsylvania to some extent. But but Wisconsin was actually going to um a, a news report I read, they were actually gonna you know decertify their vote or whatever whatever the right terminology there is, but they were actually gonna step back and say like, hey, we don't necessarily we're not hundred percent for sure this is right. So we're going to go back and check this stuff. Uh-huh. And Pennsylvania was doing some same, some of the same stuff too, even with all the stuff that was going on there. So, you know, it's like they just could not take an objectifying. I mean, the one thing, the, the only, the real cornerstone that we have here in the United States that, that we really can really set our hat on and really say, you know what, for the past, you know, however many 200 and however many odd years it's been that we've been a, a republic here is it's, it's we've never had a, a coup of anything, right? We've never had this a takeover of any kind. No one's ever showed up one day and said, All right, I'm the new leader and we're gonna go out and kill everybody that's in place now or, or run them out of the country or exile them or whatever it is. You know, January twentieth of every after every November of an election year, the two guys get together, one guy says, Hey man, here's here's the Here's the to-do list I had left to do when I was president. So if you want to finish it, great. If not, high five. I'll uh, catch you on the flip-flop. You know, and that was, that was just kind of went their own ways. And, and now, you know, we've always had, you know, the old, the old ads, you know, vote early, vote often type of thing. That's always been a, a funny joke. And, and right. I'm sure some of that stuff has kind of happened. But, you know, if, if there are that many people, just from the sheer fact of just satisfying the public, right? Why not spend an extra couple of days and just okay, cool. We're gonna go back through it all again, make sure we're gonna all verify it in, and show you all that it it's, it is what it is. And if it's not what it is, then oh crap, we need, we need to fix it. But keeping people in mind that these things are are just more important than anything else is, and that's you know making sure that people are gonna buy into to what's going on with voting and that that vote is is legitimate and everyone agrees and there's no doubt in anyone's mind that that they have this when a big bulk a third of the population thinks that the, that there was some shenanigans that took place that's a problem that's a big problem you know and I, that's something that needs to be addressed and i'm surprised that it's falling on such deaf ears whether it's republican or democrat it doesn't matter 
I mean, up until this, up until this election, the Democrats wanted to get away, wanted to do away with the electoral college, and now uh-huh. it's working in favor. So now it's the best thing ever. But, yeah. You know, so now I just, you know, I just, well, the thing of it is, you know, I got into a deal today about, um, about, um, term limits and this yeah. and that. And it's like, you know what? It's, I don't know why it's good for the president, but it's not good for, for congressmen and senators. It's like, cause you know, wh- whoever, regardless of who's in the White House, who's in office in the White House, Pelosi and Schumer and McConnell and all of those guys, they don't care as long as they're in office because they know they can be in office for as long as they want to because people are sheep and people vote for the same person for years and years and years. And as long as they keep them on the plantation, they're going to stay, they're going to keep their vote. I mean, people, I mean, there were literally be people that would almost rather shoot themselves than vote for the, you know, for the opposite party. I mean, it's uh, people are almost that sick nowadays that they would do that and not vote for somebody just because, you know, obviously I'm right. I'm on the right side. I'm on, you know, I'm a Republican, but, you know, and there's Republicans too, but I mean, these people, especially on the left, that that's their religion. That's politics is their religion. And these politicians are their saviors. And that's why they're so rabid about this. They defend it almost like it's, you know, it's, it's either that or they die. You know, they try to do the live free or die thing, but that's not it. It's the politicians are their saviors. Their politics is their religion, and that's what they live by. And that's why, the you know, their moral compass and all this and that, it points and, you know, it points in the direction that suits them. Right. And well, I don't know, have you ever read the book? Uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. It's probably called Tribe. But anyway, he talks about tribalism and what that is. I mean, oh, so tri- if, you, uh-huh. if you take a look at, I mean, we, we this two-party system thing that we've got going here, we're not voting for what's what's best for. I, mean, I really believe this. We're not voting for what's best for the United States of America. We're voting on which party you want to maintain power. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> now, you can say that that the moral compass of the country is tied to those parties and this, that, and other thing. But I will tell you this. I, I hate it when any one party has control of, of the House, the Senate, and, and the White and House. The yeah. You know, I really hate that because a conservative is never more conservative when they're in the minority. Yeah. They're, they don't spend a goddamn penny, and by God, they're just, it's right as rain, and there's, there's no gray in the world, it's black and white. And the same thing with, with Democrats. There, I mean, it seems like to me that they become more left when they're in the, when they're in the minority than when they are actually have all the power in the world. So, I mean, it, I don't know. It feels like to me that we, if you're voting for Republican, you're voting for Democrat. It, it is what it is. Um, up until Trump, I, I would really argue that you take a hard look at, at the president of the United States and tell me what the difference was between them. You know, I mean, what, what's the real canyon in the middle of the, of the prairie difference between some of the, between or in your case, money. a bluff. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's, what's the, what's the big, the big differentiation between, I mean, you really step back and take a look at it. Um, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that say the Democrats and Republicans are, are all the same. Well, they are in a sense, but 
As far as the presidents, I mean, Carter and Reagan, they're pretty different. Trump and Obama, they're pretty. Of course, Trump's a wild right. card to begin Trump, with. Trump's different than any other president we've ever had. Trump has more in common with the uh, Saturnites of the rings of Saturn than they, than he does with any other politician. That's that's such a, that's a good thing. But you know, I mean, they all have one thing in common, and that's the power issue. And you know, and I would say probably a lot of them go into this thing into into a, their first ever election with good intentions, but the. The actual, I mean, the whole deal of human nature, it just takes over. And when, when you get up there, Casey, and like I said, I was only up there for a summer. And you get around all that history and all those statues and all the grandeur. And you go in through the Capitol building and all these statues and columns and marble and fancy artwork. And, you know, you go to the monuments and everything and all this. I mean, there's just an example and just a personification of power. That absolutely gets into those people's brains, and okay. and I mean it just it's just simple human nature to want to keep that, not let it go, and it's the American public they're not any different. That everybody, for the most part, is in it for the for number one. I mean you know everybody. I'm sorry, but the typical average American is a sinner. Every single one of them. And they're all in it for themselves. There's lots of great people that have good intentions for other people. But in the end, lots and lots of people, lots and lots of people are in it for themselves. They vote their, they vote their interest, and the politicians know that, and they're going to get their interests fulfilled. And the circle, the circle just continues. And it started out, I mean, you know, you read all the history books, and, of course, George Washington and all those guys, they weren't perfect just like anybody else. And, um, like I just got, like I said, I just got finished listening to the killing crazy horse book. And like, you know, I, I get, maybe it's just me, but I'd look at all these old pictures of all the, of all the presidents and how they looked, you know, real stately and intelligent. Like I, for some reason, I remember Rutherford B. Hayes, he was in the timeline of the Indian wars and everything. And he hated the Indians, man. But you look at his picture and he looks like this stately, real proper and, um, you know, moral character. And I mean, he was, you know, as far as the Indians were concerned, they were, I don't know if they were subhuman to him, but they were certainly in the way. And um, people, here, here's, we're going to title this episode, People Suck. And that's, right? that's yeah. the episode. Yeah. And well, uh, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I think if you look at historically and look at, at the different presidents and the things that come into play, the one thing all these presidents and, and Congress people have in, have in common is that um, a lot of them show up from very modest backgrounds. Very few are, you know, Rockefellers, and very few are, you know, Vanderbilts and Vanderbilts Kennedys and, and things. But <clears throat> most of them are just the average Joe that gets some political backing and ends up comes in. And they leave office after 20, 30, 40 years or whatever it is they're in there, and they, they're multi-millionaires, right? Right. They have 20, 30, 40, 50 million, 100 million. They're worth, they get know, book they deals and speaking fees. and Which, to me, is baffles the shit out of me on a salary of, of whatever, $200,000 a year or whatever it is that they make. Um, you know, unless they know how to really invest pretty well, it kind of shocks me a little bit how they get there, so... I, I do believe every congressperson, every president, every member of of uh, Congress, whether they're a staffer or whatever they are, 
they show up there that they're going to make some difference in their community, right? They have some idea of grandeur that they're going to go there and do some crazy thing. And then all of a sudden they realize that in order to, to, to make my, my pet project happen, I got to sell my soul over here to make it work. And, and that, and that's what, uh, that's the, the, that's what I hate so much about the lobbyist thing, the special interest thing, the access they have to our politicians. I, I just, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just a, it's a sad thing that, that there has to be this much, um, Corruption is probably the right word, but it's the only word I can think of to manipulate what's going on out there. And everyone, if you'll join us next week for Casey's next installment of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. (laughs) What did he try to get, Mr. Smith? Didn't he try to get the Boy Scouts a lodge or some shit like that? What was it? I don't remember. It's been so long. Oh, oh, Jimmy Stewart, or was that when he got his wings? No, that was a different Jimmy Stewart, maybe. (laughs) We're going to look that up because, here we go, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It was in 19, this was in 1939, and let's see, the governor of an unnamed western state, Hubert Happy Hopper, has to pick a replacement for the recently deceased senator, so he picks Jimmy Stewart, and let's see, well, uh, a judge is taken under the wing of the publicly esteemed but secretly crooked Senator Joseph Payne, who is Smith's late father's friend. He develops an immediate attraction to the senator's daughter, yada, yada, yada. Uh, let's see. I thought he was trying to get like some funding for uh, some kind of like local deal or whatever. But um, let's see. Although all hope seems lost. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Saunders, who looked down at Smith at first but has come to believe in him, take, talks him into launching a filibuster to postpone the appropriations bill and prove his innocence on the Senate floor just before the vote to expel him. In the last chance, in his last chance to prove his innocence, he talks nonstop for about 25 hours, reaffirming the American ideals of freedom and disclosing the damn schemes. What? This is Wikipedia. Damn schemes, true motives. Yet none of the senators are convinced. The constituents try to rally around him, but the entrenched opposition is too powerful. And all attempts are crushed. Owing to the influence of his machine, newspapers and radio stations in his home state on Taylor's orders refuse to report what Smith has to say and even distort the facts. The Boy Rangers' effort to spread the news in support of Smith result in vicious attacks on the children by Taylor's minions. So, yeah. Um, I need to back up here. So, to keep Smith busy, Payne suggests he propose a bill with the help of his secretary, who is the aide to Smith's predecessor, and had been around Washington and politics for years, Smith comes up with a bill to authorize a federal government loan to buy some land in his own state for a national boys' camp, which that sounds fishy in and of itself, to be paid back by youngsters across America. Donations pour in immediately. However, the proposed campsite is already part of a dam building graft scheme, including included in an appropriations bill framed by the Taylor political machine. Okay, so there you go. It was a national boys' camp, which... You couldn't do that today. Uh, I almost called you Landon, yeah, Casey. That's, that's okay. That's all right. Because it, have, uh, that would be fishy. Oh, show. Well, it'd be fishy to begin with, and mm-hmm. then you couldn't call it boys anymore. It would they be called them. Them. Yeah. It would be for a national them's camp. <laughs> is what it would be. So, yeah. so, kind of switching gears here, Casey. What do you think a 21st century civil war would look like? And would it be, how would it, where would be the Mason-Dixon line? The 
That's a good question. Because um, it would probably look like an Oreo, wouldn't it? Like the coasts and then the middle. I think, I think you'd have a. Uh, and then the turd, the punch bowl would be Colorado. Yeah, well, I really think if you were to take a line and draw it on the western. Kind of, I'd say kind of just break up it up there. by time zone. Well, I think I think the central time zone would all be. Uh, would be the uh, Confederates. <laughs> we'll, just, well, we'll just do like red and blue, right? Okay. okay. So if the central time zone, it would be predominantly red uh, for sure. Um, so you're talking like, so the central time zone would be, with the exception of one county in Kansas and I think it's half of North <laughs> yeah. Dakota, right? Kansas City, and, Kansas. And then you've got you got uh, the Panhandle, Nebraska, and the Mountain Time Zone. So. I think oh, if you were just right. like, take, my, my personal opinion, if you were to divide the United States up into, into just like say you're going to chop it up into we're gonna, all this big succession talk, right? So everyone's going to succeed. I think North, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, um, Louisiana, Louisiana, Oklahoma, um, Arkansas. Yeah. Um, I think maybe to some extent, Iowa, Illinois, um, I'm not Illinois. Iowa, maybe. Um, now, how Missouri. how blue is Omaha? Is Omaha blue? Omaha is uh, pretty blue. Yeah, yeah, pretty blue. Nebraska's got a weird. I can't remember exactly how it works. There's. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the electoral map here. There's like three three electoral votes. I think. That oh yeah, nobody right. really gives a shit about that. <laughs> and it's, it's one of the, well, way more than that, but I can't remember exactly how it works. But there's there's different voting districts in each district. Oh, like, that's right. Y'all aren't winner take all. Yeah, there's like a each district gets its get, can uh, apply its electoral vote because there were like two, two red and one blue. Uh -huh. when you look at, when you so look there's at two. This is this 2020. So this yeah. is 2020. There's two or three counties in Nebraska that are blue. Yeah, that's pretty much each. There's actually in South Dakota. There's about five. Well, I don't know how big those counties are. The map's not very clear. But look, just we'll just look at this um, electoral map here. So there is a whole lot. I would say pretty much like you said, you would have to draw around. You know, just say Texas and draw a line. I guess would you have? You'd have to about include Montana. It's amazing how much Oregon is red, and right. I mean, it's just those key cities. Just That's those cities. That's the thing that's so misrepresentative of mm. misrepresentative of electoral maps. You know, if you take a look at how much actual blue is is in those uh -huh. in that area and what that looks like. I mean, obviously the population centers, and I understand that, and they, you know, I get that. But it's like there's a red sea with just some like blue splotches uh -huh. in the middle. You know? Yeah, that's that's the thing, and I get the population center thing. I mean, there's more people in four square blocks in New York City than there are in the entire panhandle of Nebraska. Right? Uh -huh. I totally get that. In <laughs> one <but>, building. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, I get that. But I think there's, uh, you know, there's just uh, stuff that happened today with, with rushing the number of people that showed up to do this kind of thing, right? Uh -huh. The number of people that showed up, I mean, for all the Russian collusion and all the stuff, the Stormy Warren crap and everything else that was going on. Oh, with Trump, yeah. 
you know, all those different things. How many people showed up to go and, and protest in, in Washington, D.C. for the last Yeah. In Bangladesh? Not very many people did, right? You had how many millions of people would go to Washington, D.C. today to, to you know, do what they yeah. do, the protests they've done. I just think that we, we are, we're ushering in a time in American history now that as far as, as political revolution goes and political um, upheaval and and shifts in the way people think about you know, how they how they function in society and those kind of things, we're going to rival the 1960s. Like I, I just don't I just I believe that wholeheartedly because we're we're at a, a very big shift in you know this crossroads of of, of our population of you know, there's a big facts of people that think socialism is, is and communism is so great, even though it's never worked anywhere. I mean, it's, yeah. you can argue that, oh, Norway, Norway, Norway works great, you know. Well, okay, awesome, right? They also have they're not a booming oil economy that supplies all the shit they got going on, right? And they I have mean, stuff like that. And they're not a socialist country. They've got no minimum wage. They've got all these different things. That right. liberals here would absolutely blow their their minds would blow all over, and look like an electoral map of the country yeah. because there are lots of policies over there that are anything but socialist. And uh, the sad, really, the sad thing about it, and we're going to get back to the civil war here in a second, but the sad thing about it is, is we're in that I forgot what you call it, what kind of cycle they call it. But where it starts out as slavery goes into freedom and then it goes into, you know, democracy. And then we're in a predicted cycle um, that was like, I don't know who coined it, you know, hundreds of years ago. But we're just we're in it. We're on that hamster wheel. And I mean, this is exactly where we're headed. But so back to the Civil War idea, who do you think would have the advantage? What would advantages with the red team have? Uh, guns. And lots of them. Yeah, lots of guns, lots yeah, of army I don't fatigues. Know if they can use them and you know, functionally actually use them, but holy crap! I mean, there's a I can't remember the, the stat. I used to know it by heart. But I can't remember what it is anymore. But there's twice as many guns in the U.S. as there are people, or something like that. I can't uh -huh. remember what that is. Let's see. And I know a lot of people that don't have any guns, so that kind of tells you. Yeah. How many, you know, the, the the number of people that have multiple weapons. Yeah. Know. I've got multiple weapons. Yeah. Let's see. Uh facts on gun ownership and gun policy views. Here we go. This is this is fact tank. Um news and the numbers. So let's see. About four in ten US adults say they live in a gun owning household, whereas six in ten live in a gun owning household but just don't know it. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to find here. Forty-two. What did I say? Forty. This says forty-two percent live in a gun, live in a household with a gun. Of course, New York. I mean, it's just next to impossible to have. Um, here I'm going to say how many guns are in America? How many guns in America? Let's see. There are more guns than people in the United States. 400 million are in circulation for a population of 330 million. They know about. Yeah, nothing. In just the first six months of 2020, approximately 19 million firearms had been sold. 
representing one uh, representing more than one firearm for every 20 Americans. That is awesome. So, yeah, so obviously guns, I would say pickups, all-terrain no. equipment would probably be a big one. Um, all the red state, I mean, let's see, the other than the the coastlines on the west and east, we own the Gulf of Mexico because we won Florida, and obviously Mississippi, uh, Alabama, Texas, Louisiana. We've got so we've got the ports, we've got that down there. So if we want to go to oil, lots of oil. We got all the energy. Yeah. We got all the wind towers. We got all the oil all wells, the all the coal, all yeah. the food. Yeah. Okay, so here's a good question: What do you think corn would go to if we were in a civil war? Oh man, yeah. Are we looking at well, are we looking at eight dollar yeah. corn? I think it'd be significantly higher than that because it would be all about the access to ports, right? Right. So yeah. whichever side had, you know, if Virginia, all right, so you're gonna jump on the on the, the opposite side of that. Now they've got several naval um ports and stuff like that. They can run, you know, ships and do blockades of the uh, of the, of the Gulf of Mexico, so we can't ship corn in and out and those kind of things. And that means we'd have to cut deals with the cartels so we could truck, <laughs> truck stuff down from, you know, the United States to Mexico. So, I mean, it's, it would be, uh, I, I'd have to believe that the price of corn, with the amount of corn the United States produces uh, as a percentage of the world supply of corn, would be, uh, we could see corn in the teens. <laughs> <laughs> I like that corn in the team. So you think this would finally get all the farmers in the Midwest to co-op together and regulate and limit the number of acres grown just so we could get to those corn in the teens? No. Still not. No. You think they would break out more CRP land? Oh, they would just, they would be, they'd go back to like, you got to rip this ground up. <laughs> Corn's going to be in the teens. We'll plow that shit in till it's back to four dollars right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think that would play a lot into the decision. So, and and we have all of NASA because we've got Florida and we've got Houston, so we got that right. covered. <laughs> so the red teams okay. We control all the nuclear missiles because of all the. If you look at like North and South Dakota, and that's where all the and, silos are. Oh God, they're everywhere. So yeah, it's. If you think about a nuclear war if it were to happen here, I wouldn't have to worry about it too much because, uh, yeah, nice piece of glass. But how many done? So, what is it? Is it Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska? Isn't that that's where Bush flew to during 9 11? Offutt, O F F U E T, or something like that? Is that is that in because there's one right outside of Omaha and then let's see, another one in Oklahoma, Oklahoma no. City is, is white. So Whitaker? Off at, yeah, Offutt Air Force Base, O-F-F-U-T-T, yeah. uh, south of Omaha, adjacent to Bellevue yeah. in Sarpy County, Nebraska. Yeah. So there's another one in in Oklahoma. It's called like White Baker. Oh, what's that one? Um, anyway, that's where the, the, B, the B-2 bomber is. The oh, well, now, now the bombers are in Missouri. Is that what that was? The stealth, stealths are in uh, Missouri. Oh, okay. The flu, that was a big thing. With the, they took off and flew around they, the world and dropped they, one they, bomb. And, they you know, only yeah. land and take off there. Okay. So they crazy. Flew around the world. Well, they have the to bomb. refuel, obviously. But yeah, right the, there's one mission 
uh, only takes off and lands from Missouri. But I actually have a old friend, a girl uh, that was in a class with me, and her husband is an actual pilot of a B of a stealth bomber. Like he's a colonel in the Air Force, and uh, or maybe a lieutenant colonel, and he legit flies those things. Like she's had a video of it, which I figured was probably classified, but um, but she's on her Facebook page. She's got a video of him flying over their heads as they took off, and I mean it's a legit freaking stealth bomber. But yeah, let me see. That is in stealth bomber base. Launched by Lake Truman, Truman Reservoir. Uh, it uh, is Whiteman, Whiteman Air Force Whiteman Base. Air Force, yeah. So, um, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, but yeah, here's how B2 bomber pilots pull off grueling 33 hour flights, probably in a diaper. I would think so. But, um, so yeah, we've got those bases. So, okay. So now we got to give now the blue team, they would have obviously the population. They would have the people, they would have the good clothes, and I think they would also have probably good music. Well, I don't know. Depends on your flavor of music. They would have all the pop stars, and they would have they would have all the good movies. I would have to give them that because that's all in California, so that would be to their advantage. So when they're sitting in the trenches, they've got you know all the iPhones they can watch Netflix on. Right. So you remember Die Hard, and uh, <clears throat> the guy that was like the slick salesman. Remember him? Hans, Booby, I'm your white Booby. knight. I, I can give it to you on a silver platter. That's the blue team. Okay. That's, that's what they're made up of. I forgot what that guy's name was, but I yeah. His name was Hans, Booby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> give him the detonators, John. He's got a gun at my face. <laughs> oh, he's gonna he's gonna wax you, dude. Oh, freaking Hans, man. Yeah. You, I can't. But I don't think I watched that this season, Christmas season. Uh, I, I always tell my wife it's the best Christmas thing to watch. And uh, I, I didn't. I only caught part of a Christmas vacation. Now we did watch Christmas Story at least once. Oh, yeah. I know, but um, yeah. I did twenty four hours of Christmas just to get the loop in, and I tried to, to watch a whole episode at least once. Yeah, not whole, in, not in not in like pieces, but not, all together. Not in a linear format, but like oh okay, chunks of pieces. I'm jumping back and forth. Yeah. This is where he gets his tongue stuck, and this is where he beats the shit out of that stepped kid. And you think he was, you think he was a stepchild, because he was redheaded. That would have been yeah, so awesome. Yeah. For Scott Farkas, do uh, yeah, do step kids get braces? <laughs> Possible. I mean, it could. I mean, it just depends on. I'm gonna have to ask any step kid friends of mine if they ever got braces. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Some I, I, some redheaded really latchkey think, kid. Yeah. Yeah, I really think the blue team would have. I mean, just they got by pearl. just by resources, I, I think they'd struggle. They'd struggle. Yeah, because in the old Civil War, what what did we always learn? The South had the rail, or who had the railroads? The North had the railroads, and the South had the good generals. That's what I always remember That's, learning about yeah. the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, and the, the biggest issue that everybody had railroads. The difference was some were narrow gauge and some were oh. wide gauge. They yeah. couldn't actually take the uh, trains through, and the adapters were hard to come by. <laughs> yeah 
But so they so they've got good music. They got good clothes. They got the population advantage. Because um, let's see how many people live on the coast. Probably each coast. There's probably what ninety million on each coast, or hell, probably a hundred million. I bet. Because there's three hundred something. I think statistics are eighty percent of any population lives within a hundred miles of the coast. Oh, okay. So if you do that, so probably one hundred fifty million through down across mm-hmm. from Maine all the way down across the Gulf of Mexico up to, to Washington. Yeah. Because like what New York City alone's got what twelve million, or, and then LA's got seven or eight million, and Houston. I mean, really, the only major one's Chicago. Huh? Like thirty million. Who? New York City. Oh. LA. Well, oh, together, yeah. No, no, a piece. Oh, a piece. Well, whatever the case, it's a lot of it's a lot of idiots. So yeah. It's a lot of folks. But uh, the Civil War is going to be lit AF, as that one dude's. I don't know who's that Twitter guy is, but he. It's pretty. It's pretty on the on the money. But um, so the good thing we got to look forward to is eight dollar corn, course. We would Bitcoin would probably be like a hundred thousand dollars and a Bitcoin. You can see that the blue the blue folks would take Bitcoin as their national currency. Yeah, you know I've always they always I find it interesting. It's like oh you know like of course Glenn Beck's big on the gold thing, and always talking about how when the dollar fails that it's all going to be gold or it's going to be Bitcoin. I find it interesting that both gold and Bitcoin are quoted in dollars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just like everything else in the world is. So yeah. Just, you know. Yeah. I, I, I just find I that interesting. If inter- the dollar sales, we have bigger problems than gold and Bitcoin. Yeah. Again, you mm-hmm. can't wipe your ass with gold, but you can with, like, beaver skins or whatever. Right. You know, yeah, those I mean, are more valuable. I'm pretty sure if you went back in time and you went back to the, uh, uh, I after Germany, the Weimar Republic. The Weimar Republic. Said, hey, pay what? I'll give you, you give me a hundred million dollars or whatever it is. A hundred mark, million marks. Darks or whatever they call them. Darks. Deutschmarks, whatever it is. Yeah, Deutschmarks. You give me a hundred million Deutschmarks or I'll give you these three cans of green beans. I'm pretty sure you could do a lot of three mm-hmm. cans of green beans. Yeah. I feel like you could make a lot of things happen. You could even or try. Five gallons of gas. I feel like you yeah. could make a lot of things happen with it. I wonder how long it took the uh, comedians back in the Weimar Republic to call them instead of Deutschmarks. Do you think that's where douchebag came from? <laughs> <laughs> you know that was a that's political a cartoon, yeah. Casey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it could have been exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so in a long story short, everything's going great in 2021. Yeah. So um, Yeah, we're starting off with a bang. Oh, for yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I think there's a there's a big amount of uh, big amount of political unrest coming our way. Um, the economy is not overly strong um, by all accounts. If you look at what the dollar has been doing and and you know, the reason that the stock market is, is jumping like it's been doing, it, where else are you gonna put the money, right? So it's one of those things that, that uh, it'll be, I, I think 21 is not going to be a 2020 by any stretch of anyone's imagination, but I am I'm convinced that there's going to be a fair amount of obstacles and setbacks that we're going to see along the way. And, and um, you know, this drought situation that we're seeing, 
in the Midwest and got situation we're seeing in, in Brazil and, and the different stuff that's coming down the pike, you know, I think there's a, there's a bigger, a bigger uh, picture coming at us that we need to pay more attention to than what we have. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I think the big thing about like, especially with the Georgia thing that went down last night is that, you know, they've got this, control of everything now and they're going to make things permanent or unattainable yeah. for the right you know to um to get back into you know i hate to say it but back into power and i think that was what's fueling a lot of this stuff yeah to be I, honest i think i think if you take a look though it's i think it's like any other faction of the of the uh of a, of a political party you have you have multiple factions that kind of make up everything, <clears throat> like the the conservative wing of the uh, of the uh, of politics, and you got the the Tea Party kind of went away, and it, and then, but I think now it's going to come back, and we're going to see this like ultra conservative kind of mindset start to kind of come back into play. I'm not I'm not really overly concerned about. <clears throat> What happens uh, with with the Democrats on control of the House and Senate? Because you have a, a, an extreme, you know, their version of what the Tea Party would be here, like the ultra, 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 ultra West that that want to take everything and turn Brown it completely on its head and yeah. and just do away with tomorrow. We're going to stop oil production. Okay, great. Well, what are we going to do for energy? Well, we're going to, you know, they don't have they don't have the answer. Fairy dust. You know, yeah, exactly right. So. You know they're going to have those struggles that they're going to have to deal with, and you're going to have people like, you know, they want to maintain power, right? So there has to be some centrist view that comes into play, and sooner or later that those that mindset and those those different political aspirations are going to come to come to fruition, and you're going to see, you know, this midterm election thing. That's a big deal. Yeah. If the midterm elections come around, and that's my, my 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 biggest joke has always been that that in March we're not going to hear much about the coronavirus anymore because people got to get reelected, right? Yeah, they got to open things back up. People got to start making that two year run of of you know we're eighteen months away from midterm elections at that point. They got to start making some some changes in what they're doing. And they quote unquote ousted. What they wanted out of the office, and now we're going to make try to work on maintaining this thing. How do we grow our, you know, our power in the House, the Senate, and, and, and what's that look like? You know, and I don't think we're going to pack the courts. I don't think we're going to do anything like that because I don't know that I don't know that American people would be able to would stand for it. I don't know that 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 there's a group, there's enough people that'd be like, I agree that we should have, you know, thirteen judges instead of nine. You know, I think those are those are all things that just are gonna are gonna play into those things. And I guess what I'm trying to say here is that, yeah, one party now has control of everything. But if you historically go back and look at that when one party's had control of everything, really not much more gets done when they have control of everything than when they when it's a one has the house, one has the senate, <coughs> in the president. It's just. 
Well, everybody acts like we got a we got a blank check. We can do whatever we want. You know, on that, you know, <laughs> as far as having power in both houses, that's why the the sixty vote threshold in the Senate was such a is such a big deal. Right. Um, you know that that's that's where it really comes into play when both parties have houses, but and like it's going to be it's fifty fifty in the Senate, and the margin how many there's only like what they have a majority of what twelve members in the House or something like I know it's less than twenty yeah it's twelve, it's 12 the, the difference I mean it's razor thin, but they're so polarized but it's um I don't know but did they call the they've called both elections for for the uh, the, the challenges right. For the Georgia, for Georgia, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of a done deal. They'll probably have to do an automatic recount because they were so close, but right, um, they're probably pretty much set in stone for the most part. But uh, well, guys, we're I'm going to run out of memory here if we go much longer. So we're going to uh, promote Casey's podcast and uh, tell us about it where you can find it. You can find the Moving Iron podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or at Moving Iron LLC on all those platforms. Also, check out my website, movingironllc.com. Uh, you can get all the latest information about what's going on with my website or my podcast on that website. So, um, check it out, man. If you're into the equipment business or own a piece of farm equipment, it's a great place to get to see what trends are happening, what's uh, what's the best for your operation, or if you're buying and selling, what, uh, what you should be paying attention to. And you can also find uh, the Dryline Farmer podcast all the same places the Moving Iron Podcast is, except we're the ranking right above the Moving Iron Podcast. In in the business, in the, let's see, is it the international or the business um, category in Argentina, we are numbers yeah. 199 and 200. So look for us in the Argentina Hot Top 200 podcast in the business section. Yeah, we are trending in Turkmenistan as well. <laughs> We're big with the Turks, and uh, we've, we're going to have on Borat next week. So, actually, he's from Kazakhstan. But, uh, nonetheless, we're all over iTunes. Uh, that's at Trader Brent, and I think Landon had some kind of ballet recital that he was in. He looked really cute, but, um, nonetheless, he was out this week. So, um, guys, we're going to get out of here. We I promised I'd never talk politics, but, I mean, hey, when you've got a some people breaking into the Capitol building, I mean, that's pretty newsworthy. So, uh Guys, until next time, y'all stay safe, and hopefully we're going to have some uh, more regular episodes and some new content and all kinds of great stuff. And until next time, guys, we'll ask you, what side of the line are you on? The Dryline Farmer Podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. There's podcasts, and then there's this, the Dryline Farmer Podcast.